Good evening. Tonight's Dharma talk is titled The Pathogenesis, Pathogenesis of Delusion. And it's just a just a description. There's lots of ways of talking about that particular situation. And it's the idea of how does this delusion how does what is the what is the uh, uh, the direction that the confusion takes and uh, traditionally it's talked about as the 12 links on the chain of existence or the 12 nadanas starting with uh, um, uh, uh, the Sanskrit is avidya the Tibetan is ma rigpa rigpa is knowledge uh, avidya is knowledge and avidya is no knowledge, no knowledge and ma rigpa is uh, ignoring so it seems uh, the way Trungpa Rinpoche would talk about it is because uh, then in the beginning there was a it's just basic energy and basic space and the space or the energy uh you could even say use the idea of hot and cold it began to spin and turn and uh create uh formations and these formations developed in all kinds of different uh directions hot and cold up and down back and forth light and dark uh, beginning and ending sharp and dull and uh as it's uh, as it goes on to say, you, you you can name anything and find its opposite. That's just the nature of the relative world, relative truth of being born, of consciousness showing up or being downloaded in a physical form called human being, or a German Shepherd. Uh, anything, a plant, a tree, consciousness is there in trees. Also, the, that is the basic organizing uh, capacity of anything that's growing is consciousness. And it may show up as consciousness of digesting food, consciousness of of how to synchronize, coordinate, and understand, and bring together the six sense fields, including the mind, into a feeling of some kind of a, a, a personality or a singularity that works fine. It works fine until we start to uh, grasp at that singularity and try to make it into something that is not. It is just a reference point for everything that's happening. It's just a, uh, you could say a facilitator well, might be a good way of saying it. So there's the ignorance and then there's formations. It's like the image I often use and I'll use now is it's like, uh, you know, these little mini uh, dirt, uh, dust devils or cyclones that you see maybe out in the field or in the desert. There's the hot and cold gets together and, and, uh, and disagree. The air around and taking all the twigs, branches, leaves that are lying dormant up into it, uh, into that form and creates uh, the image of something that's there and moving and present. So it's just a, it's just a metaphor. It's just an image. And, uh, oh, we see, we have a, uh, a visitor, a very, very large spider. So the, the idea with this uh, particular image of, um, ignoring and then formations, uh, that, that particular image is, uh, um, you could say represents, uh, uh, the basic uh, coming into existence, passing out of existence. Uh, the next, uh, or, or the, sometimes said the past life and the present life is, uh, um, I'll go through them quickly, consciousness, name and form, six senses, contact, feeling, craving, attachment, and becoming. And then the next lifetime is birth, uh, sickness, aging, and death. So simply put, or put in a very complicated way, you might say. wonder what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> going to electrocute himself in there. So the the idea here with the, the title is a pathogenesis. It's just, a, of course, as you probably all know, some medical term for how diseases develop. And so it is it is a dis-ease. It is a, uh, something uh, 
a, a grasping and a hope and fear complex that rotates around and creates a world for itself, himself, herself, th themselves, that they want to defend, they want to promote, uh, they want to slow down, they want to speed up, they want something else. Whatever's happening, they want something else. It's called uh, desire. And it is uh, also the second of the formable truths of um, suffering or confusion, delusion, desire, want, wanting something else, wanting something different. And then uh, the next one is uh, that can come to an end or cessation and uh, uh, um, Naroda and uh, the path or uh, Marga. And that path would be uh, Sheila in our tradition would be Sheila Samadhi and Prajna or um, uh, discipline, sit down, meditate, find a structure, find a form and work with the form. And that may be sitting, it may be some other form, but some kind of a strong form where you can begin to see the mirror-like quality of the mind and see the mirror-like quality of objects and see the mirror-like quality of your life. And of course, then the next two are uh, samadhi and prajna or meditation and wisdom after a discipline, morality sometimes called. So we're doing this differently This uh, because we're isolated like a lot of people are. So we're at uh, you know, and uh, my house uh, in Bellevue, about ten miles from the from Sokukoji uh, Buddhist uh, monastery. There are uh, the temple resident residents that are there are also isolating quite a bit, and um, so we're using the internet and the technology to work with this and see. We'll see how it goes. It may work well. It may be a great situation. It may have a lot of drawbacks. So I think uh, I can talk more about this, but I think we're set up for questions. Um, you can question too, isn't that correct, Unión? Context, Unión? And so the idea here uh, is to say it, it, the way this begins is through uh, is this open dimension, uh, which you have every morning you wake up, you have basically, you wake up, you have an open dimension. And then what do we do? We immediately start filling it with thoughts, ideas, conclusions, exceptions, rejections. Uh, and, and, and one of the ways that, that gets perpetuated is all the things that that we have been ignoring or shutting down on, uh, not only in this lifetime, but in, uh, potentially many, many lifetimes. Not to say that you had lots of lifetimes. You may have, you may not. It's not a matter of proof or disproof. That's about relative truth. Relative truth, you need proof, and you should have it. And if you want to know if fire is hot, you can stick your hand in it. That's relative proof. Uh, you can't really stick your hand in wisdom. You can't really stick your hand in uh, in ignorance, uh, literally. You can only manifest that. And so uh, lots of ways to talk about this. Uh, the next, uh, after ignorance and uh, uh, formations or ignorance form, then there's uh, consciousness. Uh, then there's the uh, name and form or the, um, uh, the uh, uh, five skandhas, a form, feeling, perception, uh, concept or uh, or memory or possibly thinking process. We talked about that way. And the six sense fields coming in, uh, the six sense contacts uh, and the six sense fields. And then uh, the sixth one of the 12 links is contact. And that's the one where uh, there's actually a contact with some other otherness. And that, and when there's a contact that, and then the next one is feeling. And that feeling may be rejection or aversion or ignoring, or it may be a grasping or desiring or wanting. And that grasping or wanting or desiring may also show up as aggression, wanting it to go away, get rid of it. That's also a 
a form of that. So it gets uh, they get a little overlapped and an underlap there. Um, so there's contact. Then there's a feeling about it, positive, negative, neutral. Then there's a craving for it to come or go or stay. And there is a possible at attachment to be it, to it being gone. It keeps coming back, keeps coming back, or or to it staying. I keep losing it. I keep losing it. Or attachment to not not wanting it around, and it keeps showing up again. There's so many uh, versions, varieties, and nuances, and various uh, subtleties arising in there, and they're showing up with innumerable causes and conditions. This is where the the metaphor in the uh, in the uh, the poem by uh, that is it, I think Secato Kieson. I may have that wrong. I have a lot of names. I can't remember most of them. Uh, but where uh, the the image there, the metaphor uh, there is a tributary stream flowing through the darkness. I believe that's in uh, in the Hokiozamai. So, and that, the idea there is a the metaphor there is to show you or show you in a in a metaphorical way that that if you try to follow something, it's you. Not only are there many many streams, but it's also very dark in there. What does the, what does the darkness represent? It represents the 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 way the mind shows up in terms of turning away so you're actually creating you're creating the tributary streams you're reifying the tributary streams and you're also turning away from the tributary streams because if you just saw them um uh, completely in their totality uh you'd, you would be awakened you would you would not be a uh, you would be a buddha you would not be uh, a uh, in the midst of your um, uh, confusion so feeling craving attachment and then when there's attachment, uh, attachment, then there's uh, that one is called uh, bhava or becoming. And that becoming uh, takes us, uh, it's like when you, um, uh, when you pass away, uh, then there, then the next one is a birth. And then after that, there's birth, then there's uh, sickness, aging and death. And that, ba- that birth is, is contingent upon or, or related to, or, or uh, uh, brought forth by, the contact feeling a craving and attachment that uh, come out of that whole dynamic that looks like this, this, and this, and this, when it's just one flow of uh, some kind of a passion or some kind of greed. And it's propelled by hope for something better, fear of something worse. And you could go on and go on and go on and on and elaborate about the way the personality manifests in that area. Everyone's doing some form of that unless they're not. There's a question. Yes. Uh, this one's from uh, Shoka. Shoka. Sometimes ignorance is talked about as ignorance of the four noble truths. What is ignorance of the four noble truths? So the the four noble truths are uh, are um, suffering, uh, the cause of suffering, uh, the goal, and the path. So ignoring that there that that situation uh, is fundamentally true. That there's a truth. Of suffering that we, instead of instead of seeing that seeing the suffering we actually cover it up and in our world we can cover it up with movies we can cover it up with drugs we can spend our whole life just uh, becoming a golf pro and not to mock anyone or make fun of anything or say that something is wrong it's not about correct incorrect right and wrong it's about awareness it's about seeing what is fundamentally true what is fundamentally valuable and so to to begin to see uh, what is fundamentally value, valuable, you also, uh, uh, the value part of that is seeing that it is the truth. There, there is suffering. There is the truth of suffering. And there is the truth of the cause of that, which is wanting something else. If, you, if the suffering just occurred and you didn't uh, object to it, agree with it, or look away from it, the suffering 
would hold would not hold sway over anything because there would not be a separate being from that would not be a separate entity trying to have its way another direction get out of it get away from it uh, validate it condemn it or something so and then but in order to see that the second noble truth that the the truth of that the uh that suffering is caused by wanting things to be different or desire seems to be necessary to have a sitting practice of meditation uh and then that would lead to the third uh, which would be a uh, cessation or the cessation of the grasping, the rejecting and the warfare. There still could be some discomfort because karma is within this physical form and there's going to be some, uh, uh, some kind of, uh, um, ongoingness to it that, uh, can't really be stopped. And really you, you won't necessarily have to stop it. If you see deeply what this is, uh, you're fine with just about everything. This doesn't mean there's not some suffering going on or some difficulty. I would characterize it more as pain. Uh, the abrasion, abra abra uh, abrasion of the nerve endings rather than some kind of um, exist existential angst or something. And then the last one is uh, the path or the, the Noble Eightfold Path, or I break it down into the three Prajna principles, which are Shila, Samadhi and Prajna, or discipline, meditation, wisdom, or the simple way of saying it uh, with uh, an image is sit down, discipline, hold still, discipline, observe, discipline, uh, see, samadhi, and realize prajna or wisdom or jnan or jnana. See, you, you have to see it. This is not something where you believe in something and uh, you get your wish or you get your, your prayers are answered. Not that we don't pray. Of course we do. We stay in touch with everything in any way that we can, especially those things that seem to be collapsing, coming apart. So, um, I like to say less is better. And if you're not doing too much, then that leaves a lot of room for observing what you actually are doing, which might be very little. And sometimes that uh, adds up to a feeling of dread, possibly a feeling of being a loser, possibly a feeling of disappointment. And uh, this is why it's so necessary to have, if you don't have the path of um, uh, the path of uh, the three jewels, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the teacher, uh, the teaching, and the community that are that of those beings who have been, um, who have heard that, that call of what that is. Everything is dependently risen, and they don't quite understand, but something resonates there, and they want to keep practicing. They want to know more about that, so they may uh, join the Sangha or the community. Specific questions about that are fine if you have them. Shoto has a question. He asks, is a Buddha somewhere other than in the midst of confusion? If it's a, if it's a the Tathagata or the Buddha, is a, there isn't anywhere the Buddha is, doesn't reside. The Buddha is not separate. So therefore, the Buddha is no longer con confined to a physical form, though it may be in a physical form, maybe in 15 physical forms, 1,500, 15,000, numerous. Uh, the Buddha, word Buddha means uh, awakened one. A question she asks, how do we cure delusion? By observing the way in which it works. Very similar to a physician, you might say, is to actually, instead of going in and starting to operate on it or uh, anesthetize it or pound on it or push on it or uh, stick knives into it based on presumptions about it, that it's uh, something that needs to be gotten rid of in, in, uh, in such an aggressive way. Rather, we would examine it. 
look closely into that so you can see what it is. This is why uh, the wisdom mind is sometimes, the active wisdom mind is sometimes called the sword of Manjushri because it's a double edge. It cuts through uh, this and that at the same time. It cuts through self and other, uh, no self, no other. Uh, it's just perception only as it's talked about in the yoga we've all studied, most of us. And uh, Wendy from Traverse City asks, can we have physical pain without suffering? Yes, the physical pain is dependently arisen. You have, you're born, you're in a physical realm, you're in a human realm, and the causes and conditions that give you your skin color, your race, your sexual orientation, uh, your age, your height, your all of the things that you could characterize as a, a individual characteristics, those are dependently arisen. So the very nerve endings themselves, uh, including the ones in the mind that are maybe a little, a little more difficult to see, are, are going to experience uh, some kind of abrasion. Uh, like I sometimes say, I say, I say often, uh, something soft over the hand is very, uh, it's the same nerve ending. It's something softer, uh, stroking a hand is, uh, could be pleasant, could be comfortable. Uh, could be ticklish, but taking and raking over something sharp uh, would be painful. Same nerve ending. And that's true of the mind also, the very mind. That's why it said, if you, in the sutras and in the, in the, in the teachings, that uh, pain and pleasure are separated. Of course, we know that, but they're, they're, they're um, very, very similar. They're more similar than they are uh, uh, different. And one of the things that we tend to do, though, that creates the suffering part, not the pain, is we try to get rid of it. When it's dependently risen, we, when we fight with uh, pratitya sanupada or the basic teaching of dependent origination, we try to be somebody that is against something that, that is coming from causes and conditions. We try to become a cause more powerful than the causes and conditions that show up in front of us as a person who's angry at us. We want to we want to fight against that. So we participate in what's called samsara or the circle of confusion around and around. And it's not there's not just a circle of getting up in the morning and going to bed at night. That's one. It's not just the circle of uh, 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 eating uh, Cheerios and uh, leaving a trail behind you. Uh, it's not just those kind of circles. It's it's a vast vast circle, and it's. Uh, um, the circularity of it goes on and on and on, and it is made up of passion, aggression, ignorance, hope and fear, love and hate, success and failure, Buddhas and sentient beings. Kozan asks, what is the difference between seeing samadhi and wisdom, prasha? Uh, samadhi actually actually begins to see that, that it's looking at itself, that there's no separation. It's, it's a, a, an actual experiential part of it, the samadhi, that there's uh, sometimes referred to as the state of samadhi or not to, just to experience the not to-ness. Uh, wisdom doesn't see anything else. It do, uh, wisdom is not an experience. It might be full of experiences, but it's not an experience. So it's not an experience of, of knowing everything and of being wise. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't see anything but itself. And it's, uh, it's, it's so open, it's such an open dimension that everything is welcome to come and welcome to leave. And if you tangle with it, you might get your face. If you don't understand that, you could, there's, we could, I could answer questions the rest of the evening just on that statement. Most people don't go that way. So is this coronavirus that we are 
suffering worldwide born of wisdom? There isn't anything but wisdom. There isn't anything but just this open dimension. But but anything that comes up is welcome to live in it. But that's also a dependent origination. That's dependently arisen, just like uh, um, alligators and turtles. Dependently arisen. Isn't the, um, a bird isn't better than an alligator. Your coronavirus is just, as I, like I said last night or recently, just something else that wants to live. It, it, want, it has its way of living. We have our way of living. And as far as evaluating the situation, it, it just gets really complicated and very, uh, the, the politics of experience get extremely uh, difficult in that area. So of course we would, we would uh, put human beings over the coronavirus, but respecting that it's something that is alive, that's trying to live might be in a, a different way of working with it rather than um, trying to find a way to kill it. Kevin from uh, New York asks, how can you tangle with wisdom? Uh, turn when there's nothing much happening there, invent something that, because it's very difficult to look into nothingness, very difficult to look at something that is brilliant, blazing, has sharp edges, and is uh, uh, waving its arms, and at the same time, see there isn't anything there. There's nothing there that is substantial. This is called shunyata, and it's not some fancy feeling about uh, everything being empty of uh, being not there. Good question. Let me have another one. From Chazon, he asks, what is getting your face slapped? Sometimes the, 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 the world will do that to you. If you um, are not uh, watching what you're doing, you can catch your finger in the car door. Not too good. It's a little message from the physical world that you can't totally live in your dream world. And if you bring a dream world in front of the teaching person, uh, that teaching person may be very sweet and kind and uh, hug you. And uh, maybe that's what you need. Maybe they, maybe you, maybe that's the fundamental thing that would help you. And the teaching person or the uh, is seeing you the way in which you're manifesting. So hard to say. And you also may get uh, treated aggressively. So we're, we're all in this relative situation, the teacher and the student, uh, except the, the teaching person. The difference is there's no solid being there. There's something there, but it's not a being. And it, the only agenda it has, if it's a Dharma teacher, is to be with all things, to save all beings. And sometimes, uh, sometimes that's called uh, ruthless compassion. Sometimes it's called crazy wisdom. But sometimes people look at that and think, oh, that person's just abusing people. Happens quite a bit. And I'm not saying the person isn't. They may be. But before you accuse, you might want to find out for yourself rather than just to listen to other people's opinions about it. People can't stand to not know. And they will, they will surface. They will bubble up an opinion about something just so they have something to hang on to. Because not knowing what something is is very distressful to ego. It wants to know. And you'll notice how, how continually we swap opinions with each other trying to find out. What you what, what do you think about what I'm thinking about? What that that is? What how do you how does that look to you? Call a conversation. I'm not against those, but uh, they generally are uh, just entertaining. If that, Shuk has another question: Is realizing dependent origination something deeper than seeing how tied into each other we are with our current epidemic? It, it's that, and and beyond that, it's so beyond that that you really don't see uh, anything anymore. This doesn't mean you don't see the colors and the shapes and the, and the, 
and hear the sounds and smell the fragrance or the odors doesn't mean you don't your sense fields are not they don't doesn't mean they stop operating it's just that they don't they don't they don't conclude something else they don't conclude that there's something else that is emitting that sound smell taste color the elseness this is why the one of the teachings the way it's talked about is a in the a third journey teachings is empty of other the shentong rongtong approach to those teachings he has a follow-up question dogan talks about twining vines yes one way is quote entanglement in the concepts and theories the other is quote intimate and dynamic relationship with the teacher yes uh, his question is what is that intimate and dynamic relationship mm -hmm. So the conventional way of saying it would be complete trust. And that complete trust would be uh, without belief and without disbelief and without ignorance. You can just do or manifest, but it's something you could contemplate. Uh, Susan. Uh, uh, the astral plane or the, the various planes or levels are sometimes taught in some um, esoteric traditions. Um, yes, it would be part of depend. It would be part of causes and conditions just a different level of consciousness just like your dream world when you go to sleep tonight you'll have a more than likely some kind of a dream experience of doing this doing that uh talking to different people maybe people you've never met before and as that is happening there's a powerful reality a powerful belief going on happening there and and that that area is also uh needs to be considered it's just a, the mind is incredibly creative and just making up stuff. Junchu has a question. Certainly. She says, looked at the fire sermon. Yes. Everything is a flame with the fire of aggression, fire of aggression and fire of ignorance. I have two questions. First, how is everything a flame? And, and, and is there anything outside of passion, aggression, and ignorance? Mm -hmm. So different ways of talking about it. Uh, I think the way, and don't, don't know exactly what Dogen was pointing at, but the way it shows up for me when I hear that is um, is just the energy of those. Those are those are are active. Uh, even ignorance is an active shutting down. Fire is an active blazing, and uh, and um, of uh, aggression or passion. It could be a blazing of passion, a blazing. Uh, of aggression and a blazing of ignorance. Just talking about energy, that it's energetic. And um, the space in which those occur is uh, wisdom, just to use a relative way. This is why the, the way that I teach this is to watch what moves. Don't jump on the train. Don't refuse the train. Don't ignore the train. Um, don't do anything with it. Just, just watch that happen. Just observe that. You'll get very, very good at that by training the mind, by watching the thought patterns come and go, come and go. When you're starting to feel boredom, uh, this is, uh, you're starting to make uh, what could be called progress. And so what was the last part of that question? Is there anything outside of passion, aggression, and ignorance? Yeah, the whole, whole idea of inside, outside is part of the confusion. And I would say, uh, no. But you might have to see the space in which it's occurring. And then you may think you can get away from this by grasping at the space, which is sometimes called um, uh, the stink of Zen. Anna Maria from uh, Brooklyn, New York, has a question. She asks, how does seeing that something wants to survive helpful in not being killed by it? 
<laughs> now you might have to be killed by it. <laughs> so, you know, it's a very, it's a, pra a practical, pragmatic situation we're all in. We're looking at this and we're endeavoring to stay alive a while longer and and not uh, contaminate our are the people who are susceptible, especially the elderly. And so I think it's just a matter of looking at it in a, in a realistic way, the way it's actually operating. It's a living thing. Uh, people who are working to uh, end that uh, contagion are, are certainly looking at it from that direction. So I think it's just being, it's just being definite rather than going into the hope and fear about it and uh, wishful thinking or the, or the conclusions about it to just, just see what it is. And of course, we, we may not be able to do that. We're not scientists, particularly in that sense. This is why I say train train your mind to take advantage of this space that we have. If you can find a place that's uh, free of that kind of situation and spend that time uh, watching the mind that comes and goes, watch the mind that panics and relaxes and panics and relaxes, like a heartbeat. Oh, oh what's going to happen? Oh, everything's okay. Oh, something's going to happen. Oh, everything's okay. See the space in which those two movements occur. Nothing's happening there at all. Sanchi has a question. Certainly. She asks, what is adaptability? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty adaptable. If you're, if I'm understanding your question, right? It's just uh, no, seeing things go this way and go that way. You thought they were going to go that way and they don't. They go another way and you you adapt. You, you move to that. So you're not locked down. You're not fixated. This doesn't mean you might not have... Uh, intense feelings about wanting things to be different. But the, the fixation part is, uh, is uh, a lot, uh, has a lot less weight in a person who, who, is, uh, who doesn't have, uh, doesn't, isn't making demands on everything. Sometimes the demand is so strong that some, some a person would rather just feel terrible and uh, rather than just relax and see that, well, it's not going to go this way. It's going to go another way. Chisho from uh, Houston asks, yes. a conclusion. <laughs> trust anybody. And so when I say trust, I, you know, you've heard me say this before, Chisho, is uh, I'm, I function as your teacher. Give me the benefit of the doubt. Listen to what I'm saying. Consider it. Ask questions about it so we can talk about it. Ask, ask difficult questions. When I say difficult, I'm not saying uh, trying to you know, ruin my life or something. Uh, but interact around that material and, and question everything. Take, take nothing. Take nothing for granted especially what I say, you could use since I'm uh, endeavoring as a Dharma teacher and endeavoring to look at you, look at anyone and see what it is they need and what I'm, how I'm handling or treating or, or, or talking with you or um, teaching you, you could say, might be totally different than what I'm doing with, uh, um, with Senchu or some uh, other person. So, and that comes from not having a heck of a lot going on here. There's not much going on here, then everything else is um, fair game. I'm looking at it. I'm not nosy. I'm not, I'm, I have no interest in what you're doing in your spare time or what anybody's doing or what, what people are up to in secret. Not, not interested. What am I interested in? The way in which you or anybody else is turning the truth of their, of their true nature because find out what that is before this body mind goes back into the elements because when it goes back into the elements we're on that same train again it may be more karma as a human it may be something else maybe nothing else maybe the end of everything i have no idea but i'm thinking that when something starts up it's probably going to keep going for a while 
Chuka has a, a question along those same lines. What yes. is trust in the teacher that isn't more delusion? Well, if it, uh, if, it's, if it isn't more delusion, then you're willing to work with the doubt that that is brought up uh, by relating to the teacher without uh, with it, without without enhancing a position about the teacher. Um, and then the other way is to uh, is to just not not examine the situation and just uh, kind of blind have a blind devotion and just whatever the teacher says. Well, the teacher said it, so it must be true. Um, that, that's that's difficult, and it comes and goes. Sometimes we fall into that where we start to see where where uh, our our belief in the teacher is uh, um, might be too much for us, but for someone else, they might need that kind of. Uh, expressive or even an obvious kind of devotion and another person doesn't need that they so the if the teacher is a true teacher they will be able to relate to anyone wherever they come from however they act if they want a teacher and if they give the teacher permission then that teacher will be able to help you if they if they uh if they try to manipulate you in some way um some teachers do that they're called charlatans they want to control you might want your money who knows what some some teachers just want to have a lot of students. They'll tell you anything to get you to be a student. Good question. We do have time for a few more questions if anybody has them. So the idea here is to is to with this whole idea of the uh, pathogenesis of uh, of delusion. The reason I use that is is there's a particular way that this works, and if you can get an idea, it's the circularity. And it goes from pushing, pulling, and shutting down, those three. And then there's variations on that that we don't have to go into. But when you're sitting, try to look at the motion. So I say, watch what, watch what moves. Hold everything still, eyes open, all the sense feels open, just receive. When whatever's moving, give it your attention and watch it. I don't care how ugly, homely, or irritating it is, just observe. Uh, something arises, I don't care how beautiful, um, a wonderful, sexy, or magnetic or seductive it is, just observe. Oh, don't follow it anywhere. Don't follow the thoughts down. Don't follow the thoughts up. And don't miss the ones that are hanging out in your living room. Just observe. And and you may have to go through a whole process of watching them with the way the mind impulsively goes. Uh, it's, it's called perception impulse. We see it and we have impulses about it. And so what you're endeavoring to do is to train your mind to just, just have the perception. Just proceed. And... Uh, it, it can show up as a, when you perceive, oh, this is an enemy, so I've got to run from this, or this is terrible, I can't just sit here anymore. But that, that you'll notice there's a circularity. Anything you watch, if you do nothing with it, starts to rotate. And it's actually telling you, it's the teaching is coming is right in front of you, and it's saying, I'm a circle. The circles are everywhere. Anything that's a physical manifestation is circular. Start with the, the sun. Let me start with the planets, the moon, mouse ears round take a look they're around and around everything is going around and around our life where we, we wake up and go back to bed we wake up and go back to bed with variations all over that of what what three in the afternoon is like today as compared to 3 30 in the afternoon yesterday and we we impute and have ideas about that that we stick on that that make it make us actually think there's such a thing as time going by <laughs> Laura in Traverse City asks, can you say more about looking at the virus where it is? Your thoughts will be helpful here. So obviously not a, a scientist in that sense. So I can't actually, 
I'll look at it that way. But you might find the, the contamination in your own mind that, that actually is trying to take over your own uh, uh, awareness by filling it with fear and filling it with hope, hope and fear. Hope things will get better uh, and fear that they're going to uh, falter and go away or you're going to lose. Just observe that. Who you actually are can't lose. Who you are, it's not saying that the body mind can't be taken down by this virus, just like it be, can, could be taken down by a, a Bengal tiger. It's just uh, tiny Bengal tigers and lots of them and all over the place. And somebody let them out somewhere. I think they were actually came from the moon because I, I don't mind blaming the moon. So I'm not trying to be silly. I'm just saying do it with your awareness rather than uh, go, go into something that has that kind of a that kind of a structure, I would invite you to go in and look at your mind in that way and see look at see the a- aspects of the mind that have a contamination to them. They're contaminated with what? Hope and fear, belief and disbelief, and ignorance. And you don't need you don't need that. You, you can have a completely happy, uh, even cheerful life uh, in the midst of who you actually are, what, what came into this uh, manifestation as a human being. You don't have to get better, improve. You can be genuine on the spot. It's possible. But you may have to spend some time looking at those aspects of yourself that are a little distasteful to look at. Just don't correct them. That's a trap. Don't 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 improve. I'm not saying you won't improve, but if the agenda is to improve, then we're, we're right back at uh, trying to get our merit badge or our Eagle Scout. We're trying to improve, get a badge, get a badge, get a badge. It's just the way SAMSAR works. Not wrong. It's just circular, and it's uh, and it's based on uh, materialism. It is not a spiritual path. It's not transcendent. And when it comes time for you to pass out of this realm, um, you will not have looked at it very closely. So maybe some terror arise. So look at it now, as it said uh, in the in the uh, sutra text: uh, "Death comes without warning." The four reminders: Death comes without warning. This body will be a uh, dead person. It's a cheerful thought to end on. A cheerful dead person. <laughs> Don has a question from Virginia. Go for it, Don. Yes. Do trust and doubt share the same direction? They would have to. They would have to. They're, they're not separate. They get their meaning from each other. But those very words are, if you have 15 people and they all uh, write out a definition of what trust is, going to show up differently. So I would just take a look at that, see what that is when you talk about doubt. In the Zen tradition, I think it's in the, in the, in the um, uh, I think Rinzai Zen uses the, the great doubt or something that you, some teachers in the past, but I can't remember which ones would say you need to have a big ball of doubt in your, in your hara so that you could, so that you can break through it. I'm not sure how that worked. I never practiced that. I did think about it quite a bit, especially back in the sixties when I first read about it. So, and the trust, when it comes to the teachings, uh, the trust is more like uh, the Buddhist version of faith is uh, um, question it, but don't assume answers. Question it. So have an inquiring uh, a mind that's looking into things, but but don't get hooked on results. Don't don't use the result to stop investigating. Uh, the trust, uh, the same, the, the faith of the trust would be the same thing. Similar, using a, a strong physical metaphor that you would have going into a, a, a deep jungle, uh, not knowing what was going to happen, but going anyway, even though you don't know what's going to happen. That kind of faith, faith that you 
you want to do this. You want to find out. You want to know what this is. What what is what does it mean to be a human being? What is a human being? Are you a human being? That's a conclusion. Find out. Kevin um, asks, "What are we transcending through practice?" Transcending the the fixations talked about the the uh, uh, craving and attachment, the eighth and ninth uh, links on the chain of existence. The contact is fine. The feeling is fine. But the feeling, if the feeling has a, I want it, a feeling, then we crave that. And if a feeling has, I don't want that, then we crave that it leaves. And then, uh, then we're attached. Then if it does leave, or if we do get it, then we get attached to it. And so it just gets, uh, it just gets difficult. So the only, the only cure for that, or the only way of working with that is through awareness. Just be aware of those functions. Don't necessarily be uh, magnetized or seduced into thinking that you can go in and operate on those and stop those or start those. Basically, it's just a highly polished form of egocentrism or narcissism that does that. Not that you wouldn't have a few some results. If you do a lot of sitting meditation, you know, you're you're actually uh, getting a powerful, you can get a powerful self-centered mind also. Someone who meditates a lot, who has done a lot of sitting meditation, but doesn't have, uh, has not met a true teacher or they ignored their true teacher. <laughs> decided they were going to do this on their own and just be their own uh, be their own enlightened being they might have a lot of power to uh, and a lot of charisma to be able to seduce you into their path uh, Michael Stoltz come the delusion of me versus I don't see any problem with that that's my response I mean, if you see that it's a delusion then you don't have to do anything else so you don't have to overcome anything. The overcoming part is that's part of ego's message. Because ego's, ego, in a subtle kind of way, knows you can't get rid of that. Because you can't get rid of uh, uh, the me feeling. And you don't need to. You just need to see that it is unreal. If you see this unreal, the work is done. This doesn't mean you won't be hammered every day by your stupid ego. Wanting this, wanting you should do this, you should do that. And but you'll notice that you're no longer uh, you, you no longer ignore the ego, you no longer argue with the ego, and you no longer believe or disbelieve the ego. You don't do anything with the ego. But if you if it's talking, you're going to listen. And that's where the idea, the teaching, or the one that I recommend often is: don't conclude, come to no conclusion, don't improve. It's not that improvement might not happen. Someone else might notice the improvement. They might notice that you no, no longer argue with them or fight with them. They might notice that you're actually more kind. Hmm. Where'd that come from? I wonder if that comes from that guy meditates. I wonder if that has something to do with it. But I asked him the other day and he barked at me. <laughs> so I guess that wasn't it. But he seems a lot nicer. He's a lot more mellow than he used to be. Don't be fooled. He's not mellow. Chisho has another question. Chisho. Is the trust in the teacher just a trust in oneself then? Uh, fundamentally, that would be it. But sometimes we, it's hard for us to do that unless we talk to someone and that, and that teaching person uh, works with you in such a way uh, to encourage you to see this. And so that you, because it's self-centered mind, ego mind does not want to do this. It is, it's like I'm supposed to jump off that cliff. That's what it feels that kind of, when you get close to it. It can feel that way. But if you have, uh, that's why we have the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. That's why we have this. There's all kinds of ways of turning away from that. And, and the, the teacher will be able to help you when it comes to that, if you've given them permission. And um, the final question that we have comes mm -hmm. from... Yes, Katie. She asks, I miss rumors. 
And we include a roomy mic in future Dharma talks. I would put a gag on him, I think. <laughs> Stuff cotton in his mouth. No, actually, I agree with you. He, he, he was making, I was talking to his dad today, and he was making like bird-like sounds in the background, I think. Yeah, some kind of ventriloquist or something. It's just a really interesting. You're running that monastery one of these days, probably. <laughs> running around it with a broom. Um, I don't see any other questions unless there is okay. a final one. The one is. Very good.